Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Risk and Reward, the podcast from Winning Edge Investments that has the bold goal of keeping you on the right side of the golf betting ledger. My name's Rod Murray and my purpose on this show is to push buttons and ask the odd questions as we let our resident expert guide you and me through his selections and reasoning behind them on the world's major golf tours each week. John Evans is his name, and it's been more than 50 years since he took the life-changing step of becoming a PGA professional, but in a lengthy business career, that's just one string in his bow. John's been a punter and a bookmaker, a golf club maker and retailer, and an importer and maker, if I'm not mistaken, of fine New Zealand whiskies. And even that doesn't really begin to tell the story of what's been an adventure in both business and life. John, good to have you back. I'm missing your presence here in the studio. You, of course, have returned to your spiritual home of New Zealand after a lengthy time away. Now, normally after a big break, it's fantastic to come home, but you're telling me it's a bit nippy there. Well, normally living at the beach is a fantastic idea, Rod, but when there's, when there's ice in the water <laughs> and the wind's coming off at about 50 miles an hour, it's not much fun at all. But uh, I've got my socks on, my bed socks, and I've got the hot water bottle in the cot, and I'll be going back to listen to some of your podcasts later on. <laughs> what a delightful word picture you paint for us there. Uh, let's uh, get amongst this so that we can let you get back to that. Now, before we come to the betting, just a quick explanation for those who maybe haven't listened before of what we're up to with the podcast. Now, apart from encouraging listeners to take the plunge and sign up for the weekly newsletter, which we will do in a moment with a pretty tempting offer, it's got to be said, what we're aiming to do here is kind of educate and entertain along the way. Like a lot of people, I'm an unashamed golf nut, and any opportunity to talk and think about the game, as far as I'm concerned, is a good one. So when you approach me to do this, J.E., be part of the show, I was all in straight away. Hope the listeners have been enjoying some of the golf chatter we've been having around the betting on these last 10 episodes so far. But it's one thing for you to nominate your selections each week. It's another, I reckon, J.E., and a much more interesting thing entirely to listen to why you've chosen certain players. Because uh, you come from a position, I suppose, of knowledge that few of us will ever attain. You've been a player in tournaments, and you've been around world-class tournament players for most of your career. So that's the bit that I really like. I like the selections, but I like to know why, mostly. So keeping that in mind, uh, before we come to your selections this week, tell the listeners quickly, what is the newsletter? When do they get it? What's in it? Are there updates during the tournament? How much does it cost? All that good stuff. And then I've got a nice promo for them to get a bit of a discount. Okay, well, um, the we get out information immediately that it is promulgated to the office. Uh, it goes direct to everybody's email uh, address. What day? Wednesday? Well, it, on some occasions, if the tips are at $1,000 the maximum, I'll send them out on Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. So I send out my certain $1,000 tips on Thursday, mm-hmm. and what happens generally is I do that because they can shorten, as an example, one of my $1,000 tips is $600 today. So uh-huh. that extra 400 is quite handy in your pocket. <laughs> Very much so. It's, it's, it's 4000 if you're betting 10 bucks, so yeah. it's quite handy. So we do that, and then on a Wednesday, uh, I'll generally send out the majority of my tips. Um, but today, Thursday, I've sent out two top 20 tips in the Safeway, which starts early tomorrow morning. Uh, so we... We're sending out tips based around the best time mm-hmm. for the best price. When the market uh, suits. Yep. Yeah, but it's it's not a there's no hard and fast rule. I, I've never tips. I do never tip, send tips out on a Monday. The market's very thin. Mm-hmm. But when the Betfair markets go up and they've got a thousand dollars, a few guys I think will shorten. I send them out. Most of the tips, however, will drift. They'll they might start at three hundred, say three hundred a bit. Uh, 
thousand to lay, I'll wait until they get to their optimum point, which might be eight hundred. Mm-hmm. So you could be taking three hundred on a Tuesday, but you'd be much happier taking eight hundred on a Wednesday. Indeed. So that's the way I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the price of it, well, as we know from past weeks, it's one hundred and fifty dollars a month, but there's two advantages on that. The first is that we give you a 25% discount, which is $37.50, so it costs you $112.50 a month, and I'm sure you've got even got an answer for that, Rod. I do. Uh, promo code that you use there to sign up is GOLF25. Uh, do you want me to tell them about the other terrific thing about the uh, the newsletter, John? I'll tell them. If you sign it's up for... Th- th- sorry? Something I'm happy with, Rod, because you know what happens if they don't win. I've got to pay them, I've got to pay them their money. Those $700 winners from earlier in the year could go up in smoke for you, J.E. There's a profit guarantee. If you sign up for a minimum of three or 12 months to the newser, there's a profit guarantee. You follow all the tips, you don't make any money, you get your money back for what uh, the difference between what you've lost and what the, the thing costs you. So it's kind of no risk betting. During the week, Jay, during, as the tournaments unfold, do you send out any updates to the newsletter as the week goes on? Because I know you have what you call in-play bets, don't you? Absolutely. Um, the in-play bets we put out to the newsletter are basically bets that are trying to optimise the price. But there are also in-play bets when the tournament starts. So let's assume that our tip today, our top tip today of Jake McLeod, I'll throw that out and we'll get on to it again, but let's assume that Jake McLeod of $1,000 starts 67.68, and he's in the lead then Jake McLeod will shorten and he might come down to, say, $10. And if he does, we'll send out an in-play lay bet, either to take the $10 to recover some of your stake and some of your total stake for the week, or we will say, we think Jake McLeod's on a winning trip and we think he'll get down to $4. And so we'll say, go back and lay him at $4. Laying being meaning... That is an example, you've had your $10 on him at 1000 so you've got 10000 sitting in the Betfair bank, and we might say, we'll go and have 500 lay 500 against him at the $4, which is 1500 to 5 and as a result, 1500 comes off your 10 but if he loses, you get the 500 So, in other words, it's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity on Betfair to crush or lay back on the lay side, the other side of the equation, you're the bookie, and that opportunity we take on numerous occasions, as we have done in the past, and we've had at least three major bets winning one week 5000 and another week 4000 where the player lost. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that, you, that, that's the, that's the, that's the, 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 what am I thinking, what's the, the, That's the holy holy grail, isn't it? When one of your long shots is right there Sunday afternoon late and you can get (laughs) terrific odds on them not to win and you've already got terrific odds on them to win, you've bet on both, you can just go out and have coffee knowing that your worst-case scenario is to win big. Well, there's even possibilities where you might be able to do it in the rundown where you might have more than one. Mm -hmm. As an example, we had uh, Callum Schink win. We tipped at $310, get down to $1.06 and got beaten, you know, uh, at a dollar six, you can have ten thousand to six hundred, and you've already got him for thirty one hundred. So you could have had twenty five hundred if he won, and ten thousand if he lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just one example. There was also in the same tournament Andrew Dote, who we tipped at five hundred dollars, and got down to even money during the event and didn't win. 
and we got two and a half thousand dollars out of him at that price. Um, so those those opportunities only exist on Betfair, which is why we bet on Betfair. The other reason we bet on Betfair is you get double the odds. So when you're looking at a business where you're going to get double the odds and then you can bet back, it shows the versatility of the platform and the opportunities that these long price winners offer that shorter price winners don't. Yep, indeed. And of course, that's the, that's the end. I know we harp on about it and we say it every week, but you're not going to win every week. We don't pretend that you will, but when you do win, you will win big. And your track record says that each year of the past five years, you've been you, you've come out at the other end of the year with more than what you started with. Well, not only more than what you started with, but considerably more considerably than what we started with. That's right. Um, we're not talking about percentages. We're talking about doubling and tripling our money yeah. over a year. And we're talking about it being risk-free in this case because you get your subscription back if we don't yeah. Uh, yeah. If we don't win. No. So it's a, it's a run to nothing. Uh, you've got to invest the money in the first instance, obviously, and uh, you might get a lost opportunity cost of the money and you might lose a little bit of interest, but that's all you're going to lose. Yeah. And the interest on your on your money per month is not significant at these current interest rates. So it's an opportunity here to have a bit of fun with the golf if you're a golfer and if you're a gambler, it's a lot of fun and, 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 a, and a risk-free method of gambling. And it's a very exciting when your tip at $1,000, uh, or as our last week we had uh, Shubhanka Sharma, $630 we tipped him at, and he was running third, three strokes behind with one round to play. I, I thought, uh, Rod, I don't know whether you noticed this yourself, but I thought watching him that he looked very nervous on the first tee, and he took a long time to hit his tee shot, which was very concerning to me because I wanted him to win. Mm-hmm. But he, he fidgeted and he edged around, um, he finished up doing much the same on his second shot, badly hooking the ball into the into in, into the left hand trap. Hit a great bucket shot, and then he stood over the putt, which was for him, I thought, a fairly simple putt. Hit a very ordinary putt. He then three putted the third uh, from twenty foot straight uphill, which is another uh, mental mistake. And so he fell out of bed, but. If you've got him at $630 and he's three shakes behind with one round of play, you're fairly excited. Well, before all that unfolded, it would have been fantastic, wouldn't it? <laughs> the 24 hours leading up to that would have been great stuff, lots of anticipation. And uh, that all goes in the memory bank for you, I would imagine, J.E. And next time you've got Shabanka Sharma and the similar situation evolves, you've got a little bit of inside or some knowledge there, don't you? And this is kind of the key to the whole thing is finding the value bets. And that comes down to knowledge of, particularly in golf, where – uh, it's not they're not machines these guys, but patterns develop, don't they? And if you follow closely and watch, you can get an idea quite often of what players are likely to do. Well, I generally I generally tip the players who can overcome that. Uh, I hadn't seen that nervousness, but uh, he won twice early. That's right. He's a two time winner. You, you, it's a bit surprising, uh-huh. isn't it? Frankly, um, well, it isn't when you look at the fact where he won. Mm-hmm. He, he won the Hong Kong tournament uh, and he won another tournament um, in Europe and neither of them had the top players at it Mm. and I think you need to see the guys who can withstand the the pressure of of the top players to get a full knowledge and we've got that now I haven't given up on Sharma no 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 no. Um, he'll learn from that and and no doubt I'm not the only observer who would have noticed his fidgeting and his lack of commitment, lack of decision-making. Uh, 
If you look at it, there's a, there, on the net recently, there was a picture of Bobby Jones standing on the first tee at St Andrews. Now, if you're ever going to be nervous, that's the place to be nervous. Mm -hmm. First tee at St Andrews in the British Open. But he took his club out. He took about 10 seconds to hit it. Yeah. You know, he just had a, had a practice swing, mm -hmm. walked in a couple of waggles, and away he went. Now, once Sharma learns to do that and, and rely on his ability and his instincts then he'll be, he, he's going to pop up and win somewhere along the line. But uh, as you say, I also saw, I've seen twice now, some weakness in Callum Shinkwin's closing. But he learnt from his first uh, uh, mistake at, at the Scottish Open when um, um, the Spaniard beat him, Rafa, Rafa uh, beat him, and he... He no doubt will have learnt the other day when he led the tournament in Europe um, and he played brilliantly for 54 holes and then came unstuck on the back nine. In fact, he played quite well for the first time in the last game. So he's learning. Mm -hmm. They'll get through those guys, but for them it's a learning curve. Yeah. Well, Sharma's already won, hasn't he? So he's, he's a couple of steps further along the path already. And as you say, this is a step up. You're out of your comfort zone. And I suppose... You can tell when golfers are out of their comfort zone, aren't you? And when they're out of their comfort zone by a long way, they tend to not perform at their best. And that fidgeting and taking a lot of time to play shots, that's a, I think somebody did a study of Greg Norman at the 96 Masters, and he was four times longer over every shot than he had been at any time during the year or even during that week. It's a real indicator, isn't it, that fidgeting about for a player? So it was very interesting, Rod. I watched um, an interview with Kel Nagel, and Kel Nagel said that when he came back from playing in Europe and America where he hadn't been successful the first trip, that he went to the putting green and he decided to institute a routine where he placed his putter in front of the ball, aligned with the hole, he took it back over the ball, he went, he had two taps and took it back and swung, and he decided that that was what he was going to do for the rest of his life. And that's what he did. Mm -hmm. So when he got over a pressure putt on the 17th of St Andrews, about 12 feet for his par to keep Arnold Palmer at bay, he went bang to the front, bang, bang to the back, in. And I think that's a routine that every good player has to establish with his tee shots and with his iron shots and with his chip shots and his bunker shots and his putting in order to overcome the fear. Yeah. You know, this is your method. And... Uh, and I think these guys, their coaches all of all, been well aware of all this. Now, that's not a secret, obviously. But And if you watch carefully, you'll notice all players have certain ticks. Fred Couples always pulls the, the, the sleeve up on his shirt before he gets into his routine. That's his trigger to get started. Uh, some are wagglers. Nick Ahern was always a waggler. Three waggles with the club before he'd take it back. So if you watch closely, you'll see what these guys are. And then you'll be able to see when they're out of their comfort zone. I really like Sharma, and he's an important figure in golf as well because, of course, he's Indian, J.E., and that's a massive market. And if he can start to break through him and Lahiri on the world stage, the potential for golf as a business and for growth in India is enormous. Yeah, well, Chief Nogger Singh did a lot for India. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And uh, and, and it's, a build, it's a thing that's building. And uh, as you say, Sharma, and Sharma has, he's got um, charisma too. Yes, so very much. I like that, that helps. But... Um, uh, Anyway, the, getting back to our point, the point was, of course, is that we had him at $630. He was three behind with one round of play. If someone had come up to you and said, look, 
you've got 6,300 to 10 about Sharma and he got one round to play, you'd be leaping down his throat. Absolutely. Put it this way, if those odds went up on Saturday night after the end of round three, uh, you'd be on, wouldn't you? <laughs> you wouldn't You wouldn't well, miss that opportunity. So It wouldn't be 630. That's exactly very... right. That's exactly right. Let's get on to uh, how did we wind up uh, last week in the end? Yeah, well, well that was the, we did well at the top 20s because um, we tipped Hovland and Molinari um, who both comfortably got into the top 20, and we had uh, more units on them, um, and therefore we won 1.2 units on the top 20 market, mm-hmm. uh, which was which meant we had a, a two-unit loss for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also tipped uh, Ernie Els and, and Miguel Uncle Yemenath, uh at big odds, and, and both of them uh, made a show of it, as I thought they would. Uh, Els fell away a little bit, but Yemeneth, um starting the last round outside the top 20, rallied and got right close, but within one shot, bogeyed 14 and 15 and birdied 17 and 18 to just miss out. Uh, had he um, lobbed into the top 20, then we would have had a two and a half unit win for the weekend. So our top 20 selections had another winning week, um, as we have most weeks. Uh, they amortise our weekly losses on the on the weeks when we do lose, and as you've explained uh, succinctly, we expect to lose 49 weeks of the year, and in the other three weeks we all get rich. Uh, well, and that's uh, and that's what it's kind of all about. Let's move on to this week. We're going to start with the Dunhill Links, a bit like last week. As we said last week, this is kind of the European tour's time to shine. It's normally the secondary of the, the two biggest tours in the world, but they have the, the courses and the fields at this time of year. The Dunhill Links Championship, this is a fantastic event, Jay. Huge field, three courses, lots of celebrities, real festival feel about it. That can be a distraction, I would imagine, for some of the players. But having said that, with such a big field, there's got to be value in there. You already mentioned one young Jake McLeod, an Australian uh, kitty from Queensland, won the New South Wales Open uh, last year, I'm going to say. Why, Jake? Why have you picked him? Well, St Andrews, Carnoustie, and um, uh, well, the Whiskey Course um, are all links courses. McLeod's generally, I find that Australians travelling to Britain uh, and particularly to the links courses do better than the young Americans do because Melbourne, in particular, and Adelaide, uh, and to a lesser extent, Perth those golf courses require you to play a lot of the shots that are necessary in links courses in Britain. So, and I've liked this McLeod for a while, and he does have a run when he gets going. He, 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 he turtles up the leaderboard pretty quickly. So I thought, a th- I think $1,000, you've got to keep putting him in. Sometimes he drops back to $200 and I leave him out. Uh-huh. But when he's $1,000, I put him in. Yep, and I... Couldn't agree with you more. I really like young Jake, and I think he's going to go on to have one of those careers. But it'll probably be like a Brett Rumford or somebody. He'll have three to six wins on the European Tour by the time it's all said and done. Uh, he'll bump yeah, up well, here and there. He does good that. Player. If he does that yep. at a thousand dollars, yep, and he'll probably only pay twenty five. That's he's got a he's got a hell of a long career before he's going to lose. Yep, absolutely. Uh, your other selection for this week, and this is a guy you've been on a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, and he did come through for us with a top. 10 result, I think, a few weeks ago. Lucas Herbert, young, another young Well, Herbert's, Herbert's, uh, Herbert's one of the few guys amongst uh, the European Tour guys who I think is capable of beating the very best 
under the hammer. Uh, he did perform for us uh, the other day in the top ten and, and had a shot at the win. Um, he's got down to odds where I nearly left him out, but I'd hate to leave him out at, on, on links courses where, again, coming from Melbourne, I think he's got some kind of an advantage. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's fearless. Now, and he's also very long, which helps certainly helps at St Andrews, and there's no barrier at Carnoustie. No, that's right. Now, uh, he's a bit shorter than I like, and our other bets are all well above that. Our minimum other bet's $800. So you can see that I do have a bit of time for him as a player, mm-hmm. and uh, let's hope he uh, he gets out in front and we can do something with his with his uh, with crushing two hundred and seventy dollars, I think. Did you mention that? I can't remember if you mentioned two hundred and seventy dollars. You've got about it, which, as you say, is short for you. But I tend to agree with you. There's room to play at St Andrews in particular. Two rounds at St Andrews if you make the cut. Uh, Kings Barnes and Canoosti, the other two, and certainly being long off the tee won't hurt you at Canoosti if you can keep it in play. So I like that uh, that pick of Lucas. And this, I think, the week will suit him. It's a very some of the pros don't like this sort of event. There's, there's amateurs in the field all four days. Uh, there's a it's a different feel. It's not just professionals between the ropes. Some of the guys don't like that, do they? It doesn't suit everybody, but he's one. He's quite a gregarious character. I think he'll be in his element in that atmosphere. Yeah, well, it's a, that's, I think that's a very good point you make there, and I, I think that um, those guys who who, who are um, well-rounded and um, uh, and get on well with other people that are gregarious, I think they've probably got a bigger advantage yeah. as long as they don't get distracted, of course. Yeah, that's right, yeah. That, uh, those are, I don't think Tiger's ever played this event. I think he's played Pebble Beach, which is a similar thing in the States, but he's one, for example, who's not a great fan of the all the hoo-ha that goes with an event like this. Best of luck to Lucas and to Jake as Australians this week, and there's some other interesting bets in there for subscribers. Steve, those who get the newsletter, top 20... Uh, hang on, do we have any winners for the Safeway? Well, let's go to the top 20 before we go back to the Safeway. Okay, let's go to the top 20 bets, and let me scroll down here and find podcast... Well, I've got people. David Drysdale. David Drysdale... Now, this is a luxury bet. Um, a luxury normally, bet? This is a luxury bet. If you normally put $10 on, put $20 on this. This is David Drysdale, top 20, $30. Mm-hmm. Now, this is, you put 20 on, this is 6000 to 20 That's your bet. And he's had three top 20s in the last seven tournaments. His record at this tournament is phenomenal. It's mm-hmm. almost as good there's other guys who are down at 50 to 1 and 60 to 1. So this is a phen- to win. Well, okay, right. So and this is so so what I'm saying is the guys he's he's got as good a record with in this event and these three courses if nothing's changed there same guy uh, has had a couple of recent reasonably good performances in the last 10 or 12 weeks plays well in the Irish and Scottish Open mm-hmm. coming right back to his Here's Dunghill, thirty dollars. I thought that was this is one of the bets of the year. Okay. Now, um, so take your thirty dollars and, and and grin. Light we've up. got we've got another one there. I'll, I'll mention. Um, uh, we put in Tyrrell Hatton at two dollars fifty two um, for numerous units, and the reason is the last three years he's won it twice and ran second the other year. Here he is at two dollars fifty two to be in the top twenty. So I thought those two bets were were significant bets. We've got a few others in there as well at long odds, but this is what this whole podcast is about, identifying phenomenal value. And if you had an opportunity 
in the Cox Plate, the back winks at $2.52 to run in the places, you'd be running down to your bookie with all the money in the world. And so here we have a bloke who's run 112 in this event the last three years. He's $2.52 to run in the top 20. And then you've got David Drysdale, three top 20s in the last uh, seven events, $30 to run in the top 20. Well, you just can't afford to miss those opportunities if you're a professional gambler or a person who likes to win yep. and save me the opportunity of having to return your money. <laughs> That's exactly right. You can't afford a heater as it is, Jay. We don't want to have to have you. Well, uh, I, can't, I can't afford an electric blanket. That's how tough <laughs> I'm going. Dear, <laughs> uh, there's some other good, uh, some other good uh, tipping in there for subscribers, Steve. Let's move on to the Safeway. Open, which is the US Tour event this week. It's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? It's one of these fall series events. The fields tend to be lacking for the most name, most part the big-name players, though I do note that this week both Mickelson and Scott are in the field. Um, not sure what the thinking is there. The players need to play golf, obviously, so maybe it's just a case of knocking a bit of the rust off for those two, so they'll bring a bit of interest. But in terms of betting, what have you gone with at the Safeway in California, J.E.? I think those guys have got to play these events now because what happens is... If they start, say, at Hawaii in, in, in early January, some of these guys have got enough points to get into the top 30 by the time they get there. So they've got to pick and choose events, and they obviously won't all play in the same ones, uh, so that they just rack up a few points, keep themselves in the in the frame. They don't want to get out of the top 60 because then they've got to come in and they're, they're forced to perform, and that kind of pressure is never easy. So I understand why they come in and perhaps... Pick, they'll pick and choose the courses they have either played better or well at in the past, or they'll uh, they'll say they might get a good offer. You know, the, the sponsor might say, "Look, you come down and play our event, and we'll give you a BMW or something." You know, what are the point, what, I tell you what they usually do, Jay. They say, "And while you're doing that, we'll get the wife and kids, and we'll take them here, and they'll be happy." <laughs> and the players yeah, well, listen to that. Trust me. <laughs> well, I know that worked because when I ran my uh, Legends event here, the biggest Legends event in New Zealand, when I ran it here, I, I put on a trip for ten wives around the um, around the peninsula where they got to see the castle and uh, penguins and sea lions mm-hmm. and all the attractions that we've got down here. And uh, they all rang me up and said, "Right, well, we're back next year. Don't worry about the husband." <laughs> Indeed. So that so that all works. So so you yeah, I understand that that's that that that's that's a very smart way to run a golf tournament. Yeah, absolutely. But getting back to our real business here, we've got one tip for podcast, Pete. We've got uh, two, four, six, eight, nine tips in total for the win. We've got one for podcast, Pete, which again is phenomenal odds. It's Jamie Lovemark at six hundred and sixty dollars. Jamie Lovemark is uh, a very, very talented player, um, just starting his year, but I'm sure he'll be working hard, and uh, he's really about a hundred dollar chance. So six sixties luxury. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, he was had an injury, Jamie Lovemark. I think a back injury, but he was going to be a world beater. He was a world beating amateur, and he was going to be the next big thing. Uh, and he's started on the road back from there. Uh, in the last couple of years. So that is particularly juicy odds. And just to finish up, JE, top 20 betting at the Safeway. I think, as you said, you were sort of late to this one this week. There wasn't too much that impressed you, but you did find a couple, and we've got one here for podcast, Pete. Tell the listeners who that is. Yeah, now, Chris Stroud, another another player of uh, immense potential, 
So I've got him at the top uh, 20 in the Safeway at $15. That's our podcast Pete, tip for the Safeway. Um, I'll throw another one in um, uh, on the win bet. So that's Chris Stroud, $15, top 20. I'll throw another um, uh, podcast Pete tip out for the punters, Tyler Duncan, $690. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a bit of a shame, uh, Rod, that we run this podcast on a Wednesday, which we've got to do because generally the prices drift out. And if we do it earlier, uh, we can't give the punters the best prices, which is obviously our aim. But Tyler Duncan started the $1,000 this week, and uh, he's shortened into 690 without our tips going out. Wow. So obviously a lot of people uh, rated him, and they do that because Tyler Duncan's record is steadily building. He's a young player who's uh, fairly consistent and got some good performances recently and has played well at this event. So Tyler Duncan, 690, is a podcast tip out. 690. One of these is going to come home. I can feel it soon, J.E., and it's going to be a joyous week when they do. Let's hope that we get to have that celebration next week. It's been fantastic, as always, to chat to you. Love listening to your thinking about why you pick certain golfs. If you're into golf, that's all terrific stuff there. Let's hope there's a, a winner or two in that lot, J.E., but thank you for uh, for joining us from the cold there. Now, you go back to the bed with the, the hot water blanket and listen to a bunch of my podcasts. That's a fantastic way to spend the rest of the day. Thank you, Rod. I've, I've got a few other things I've got to achieve as well, but I will I will definitely get time for some of your podcasts now that you've explained to me how I can listen to Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, well, and, and that's guaranteed to get you napping too, J.E., so you'll wake up refreshed after you've listened to half of one of my podcasts, and that'll be beautiful for you. That's it for Risk and Reward this week. We look forward to your company when we do it all again next week here on Risk and Reward. Risk and Reward.